I'm Jay Moran. I'm Bridget Jaipal Valenza. I'm Thomas O'Neill White. I'm Angelie Preston. We need to get together and let our voices be heard. This is What's Next. A dedicated hour to have important conversations about the issues facing the marginalized and underrepresented communities of Western New York and Southern Ontario. We're going to have some real healing. We've got to have space to tell some uncomfortable truth. What's Next continues our mission to discuss race, equity, and the common concerns of Buffalo's East Side and beyond. In the suburban area everywhere, we must work and teach our children. And welcome to What's Next. Today, we have a couple of guests. We're going to talk about an upcoming event. It's called Buffalo Fashion Runway Black Carpet. It's coming up on the 24th of February at Northland Training Center. It's called the Celebration of Art, Fashion, and Community Coinciding with Black History Month. With us, we have Kane McDermott and also Chad Williams. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you for having us. Uh, most certainly a pleasure. We have a lot to talk about here. Uh, let's just go with the, the general question. What exactly is Buffalo Fashion Runway? To, uh, just to give us an, an idea what that's all about. You know, I say Buffalo Fashion Runway is um, community. Uh, it was a group of five who, people who got together, each from different realms in the world, and wanted to do something for um, the creative community in Buffalo. And we got together and we planned a fashion show, not only a fashion show, but like just like a art show in general, because we also featured musicians, poets, and we had an event at 500 Seneca Street on September 16th, uh, Buffalo Fashion Runway, Confluence of the Arts, amassed over 300 people in attendance and was able to showcase uh, six different local Buffalo designers, music artists, and poets. Yeah, I think um, at its core, it is a collective. Um, I think in the art scene, one of the most important things are your contemporaries and the people that you work with and the people that inspire you and um, influence you. And so at the onset of it, I believe it just started as, hey, we want to throw a cool party, or <laughs> okay. a, cool, a cool fashion show, right? That, sure. A cool party that highlights different aspects of art um, that's, that's emerging through this scene in Buffalo um, that we all believe to be um, at this cusp of a renaissance, more or less. Um, there's this bubbling that's occurring in the city. And, and um, I wasn't there at the, at the onset of the discussions, but from what I understand, it was, hey, let's, let's do something about this. Let's take advantage of um, this, this attention on the arts in, in Buffalo and this lack of, of um, product, the production side of things. So people aren't necessarily showcasing the arts on the same or on the highest level that they could be. And so um, the two original founders, which uh, is Chad and um, one of our partners, Dan Abatoy, who worked um, with Boot Sector, if you're familiar, a nonprofit um, around Buffalo that um, helps startups uh, gain funding and traction and, and sort of gives them resources to enable them to, you know, put on the production that they hope to. And and so I th at, the, at the onset, it was just, hey, let's get a bunch of creatives in the same room. Let's showcase their art on a level that, you know, they might not have had experience before with no out-of-pocket cost. And so... We set out to do that on September 16th, and, and like Chad said, we certainly achieved it. We had to lock the doors and not let anybody else in. <laughs> uh, people were trying to climb the walls and through the windows. And A good it, problem to have at an event. Yep. Truly incredible. You know, um, It's hard to get people to sit in a, in a chair for two hours and, and watch a, a runway um, that if they're not necessarily 
very into fashion and so we were able to sort of walk that line between um something that's entertainment but something that's also novel in in, in showing the audience what's really going on in buffalo well, i want to g- explore that uh, mm-hmm. because you you both brought it up in your in your answers there that the art scene for lack of a better term we'll just call it the art scene and but it's really i think a lot more than that because i think even when you say the term art scene it, it's kind of a limiting description but what are the arts like here in Buffalo right now? You, you know, you were saying it's an emerging, you know, it, it's got a, a certain en- energy to it and perhaps maybe even is ready to, to, to go to the next level. Let's, let's explore that a little bit. G- give me some thoughts about that and maybe even some examples of what you're seeing. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So the arts right now in Buffalo is immaculate, I would say. There's so much going on from the poetry of Jillian Hainsworth, the previous poet laureate of Buffalo from the with Jed family, it's a family full of, full of creatives that do amazing things within arts and then also the community. There's uh, the BAM studio, uh, the Albright Knox Gallery that was just finished getting re- renovated that will actually have our pre-mixer event there on the 16th. Um, it's, it's, it's burgeoning, it's, it's beautiful. And then like what we wanna do with Buffalo Fashion Runway is eventually we wanna turn Buffalo into a hub for the fashion and for the art scene, right? Because there's New York City, we're not too far from them. We're like a 30 minute, 30 minute plane ride, mm-hmm. two hour drive from Toronto. So I feel like Buffalo is just like in a central location for us to be that city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like um, for a long time, Buffalo has been overlooked. And I think that develops a certain personality. And I think people in Buffalo are aware of that personality. You know, it's kind of like the chip on your shoulder. Right. You don't necessarily get all the recognition that um, that New York or Toronto would. And being sandwiched between those two massive cities, we get a lot of influence from them. We got a lot of people either traveling from those cities to visit or to go to school. A lot of you. So I went to UB. Chad went to Buff State. A lot of the student population is is from downstate, from New York, and so um, I think hearing people that come from the city and their opinion of Buffalo, <laughs> it makes you want to you know stand your ground a little bit stronger. Um, and I think I think what's going on is that enough people have chosen to stay around Buffalo and create the scene that they want to exist. And so, like Chad mentioned, BAM, Buffalo Art Movement, um, the uh, the Wajeds, which have their studio Eat Off Art, um, which is all based around you know becoming a full time artist and being able to make ends meet and make a living by expressing yourself genuinely. Um, but then there's also just a, a massive population of singular artists that are working day in and day out um, just to express themselves genuinely and trying to hone and perfect their own craft. And so Chad mentioned with our last show, we had six designers. This show we have nine and we're not really overlapping many of the returning designers. And so we could probably showcase 10 new designers every month from Buffalo. There's that many designers. There really are. And I think that could be a combination of of the scene in Buffalo and people understanding that it is about to boil over and turn over into something, or at least that's what we expect. Um, but it's also sort of a mixture of, of social media and, and the current paradigm of, of creatives in general. I think people, for the first time, really understand that self-expression starts with the way people see you, but it's also how, how you see yourself in, in um, designing your own clothing and, and putting your own works on your body via garment um, is a powerful thing, and that's what we're starting to realize. It's very empower. It's a it's a very empowering feeling, um, which actually kind of falls into due process a little bit. I think that's your company, uh, um, 
Chad, due process. Yeah, um, due process. Uh, yeah, thank you for that, Kane. Um, yeah, due process is a streetwear clothing brand that advocates for social justice, not only through the designs, but by the mission as well. We have a mission of donating 15% of every purchase to an organization that advocates for social justice. And then the name is a play on the legal term, which refers to fear treatment through the judicial system, especially as a citizen's entitlement. And that's something that I didn't receive. During my junior year of college at Buffalo State College, I was wrongfully arrested, had to fight for almost a year to clear my name. And then throughout that year, I like to say I witnessed all of the injustices in the justice system from a judge who looked at me as guilty before innocent to a public defender who did not want to give me the time of day. So then after I was able to clear my name, I wanted to do something to share my story and then the stories of others who were wronged by the system. And then that's when due process was birthed, basically like a collaboration between my passion for fashion and activism. Um, and definitely to touch on another point with um, that being that much designers in Buffalo, there is. Um, mm -hmm. So like I went to Buffalo State for economics, but um, the, their fashion program is amazing. And more times than not, their fashion program is uh, at capacity and then when the students graduate, they look for jobs outside of Buffalo. So, like, that's kind of what we want to change with what we're doing. We want those, uh, that talent to stay in Buffalo. I was awarded the opportunity to stay in Buffalo because I got a job recently after graduating in the economics field. And that's what opened me to Buffalo. Because when I was in school, I only knew Buffalo State College. I didn't really know anything about the Buffalo community. I didn't, I didn't know about the east side of Buffalo. But after I graduated and I was able to just work in my professional life, I learned about those things. And it's amazing that the talent that Buffalo owns, and we just have to work on keeping it here to make it that next big city. You know, you, you guys in your answers, you're, you're doing a, a great job in the sense that you keep on bringing up different issues that I want to I want to follow up on. But we've got, we've got, <laughs> that's okay. We've got an hour. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's utilize the time. And if I, if I may just to prod you a little bit, because you're, you're, the story of due process is uh, both uh, – Tremendously unfair and uh, and uh, remarkable in that sense, but it's also very uh, it's a very interesting point. But you got to see what it was like. And I mean, you're here, you are, you're a junior in college, mm -hmm. economics major, you know, doing what juniors in college do, and you end up getting arrested, mm -hmm. falsely arrested. Right? Can you? Uh, and it sounds like you stuck with it. You know, you did what you had to do to, to um, you know, clear yourself of the charges. Mm -hmm. But can you talk about what it must, I mean, to think of what it must have been like to go through that process, both from the initial arrest mm -hmm. to times where maybe it didn't look like, were there times that it looked like you weren't going to get cleared? Yeah, so um, to touch on it, um, yeah, no, it was a definitely a rough situation because like, I'm from Flatbush, Brooklyn. Um, grew up in a predominantly single-parent household. And um, you could say, like, I beat the odds. I beat the odds, and I made it all the way to college without having anything on my record. And then I get to college. I'm doing what I have to do, um, passing my classes, going to classes, and then um, also working a job, right? <laughs> and then I decided to go out one night to have some fun, go out to a f club with my friends, and it turns into the worst night of my life. I get mm -hmm. wrongfully arrested. Um, and it was a horrible situation because, like, I looked at the police officer when he was arresting me. I was like, I didn't do it. And he did not care. He was like, don't resist. Right? And, like, the only thing I did was, like, I tugged my arm because, he, like, he grabbed my arm and I didn't do anything. So I was like, just, I guess that's a natural human reaction is to sure. tug your arm, right? So when he said don't resist, it was kind of like, damn. 
this really happens, right? So it was like an eye-opening moment for me. And then um, throughout that whole situation of just like fighting to clear my name, I, st I still was a student at the end of the day. I still had to go to classes. Uh, I still had to take tests. I had to act like everything was normal. All while being a student without a car, I had to go to court. <laughs> mm. Sometimes I had to go to drug and alcohol mandated classes. I had to call off work sometimes just to make those classes. And this is all for something. This is that, all because of accusations. For accusation that I did not do something <laughs> that I did not do, right? So like, right. I'm just doing all of this unnecessary stuff. But I'm just the type of person. I don't like let things uh, bother me. Um, I feel like I'm blessed and I'm highly favored and I, I walk with God. So I just knew I would get 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 out of it. Um, so that situation went on for almost a year, and um, it was a it was a it was a long year because like I keep stuff to myself as well. Like my mom, she did not know. The only person that knew was probably my brother and then my friends who were there when it happened. I didn't I didn't tell anybody right. So because I didn't I didn't want them to worry because I knew it would work out right. So it's definitely a rough situation but just me being the type of person that i am um i never put my head down i just took everything with grace and by the grace of god i was able to clear my name a tough question but if you weren't black you wouldn't have been arrested no definitely not he definitely confused me with somebody else and it was crazy and just not the fact that i was wrongfully arrested right the fact that the system is just so messed up so like after the situation that happened i was awarded a public defender and like, there's a white guy, a guy named Charles. <laughs> I'm not gonna put his information. I hated him at the time, but now I understand like the stress that is put on public defenders. Um, sure. But basically, right? Um, I was award I was appointed a public defender, and um, I thought it was like a clear case, right? Because it was downtown, it was on Chippewa Street. There's a bunch of cameras. So like, as soon as I got out of the holding center, I went to. I tried calling him. I tried emailing him. No answers. The, when I heard back from him was the day before court and I went in and I told him everything that had happened tonight and I was like all you have to do is just go get the surveillance footage I haven't told this story in a while it's crazy I used to tell it but yeah I, I told him go get the surveillance footage and um, <laughs> my name will be clear sounds simple right, right? just on a TV show you, you that's the way it would so. work right? you, you would yeah. think so right that is not the case we went to court the next day he did not have the footage but luckily the defendant he didn't show up to court that day so the court date got postponed Next court day comes, I believe it was like a month later, still does not have the footage. Mm. And like, it was crazy to me. And like, I was uh, banned from going on Chippewa because I guess the guy who got assaulted, he was an Uber driver. So like, they thought he would be around that area. So I was not able to go on Chippewa while this whole situation was going on. Right? So that kind of hindered me within that month frame of going to get the footage myself. But after that month of him not getting it, I just went to Chippewa and I tried to go get the footage. Behold you, they deleted the footage. Oh, no. Right? So now I'm like, damn. Because, like, that was what I was banking on to, like, clear my name. And um situation goes on, a bunch of court dates, a bunch of classes that I had to go to for almost a year. Luckily, at the end of the year, the dude said he was not sure of my identity, and that was enough grounds to get the case dismissed. But, um, yeah, like, the system is just messed up in that way. And, like, why I said something about the public defender at the time, I didn't know, but public defenders are more often than not uh, overworked and underpaid. Sure. So they have more cases than they can handle. So I don't blame it on Charles' last name to be withheld. But I, don't, I don't blame <laughs> it on Charles at all anymore. <laughs> Shout out Charles. I hope he's doing good. <laughs> but you know what? And I appreciate Chad uh, sharing that story. And I know mm -hmm. we, we're getting off the, the topic to, to a certain extent. But at the same time, you know, it, it sounds like first I want to give you tons of credit for your perseverance. Like you said, you, you know, the way you, you described it, that that's just who you are. 
I think for most people it would be very understandable not mm-hmm. to have uh, have uh, crumbled yeah, yeah. somewhat during that. But but all that being stated, though, it it sounds like it's part of a driving force here now, <coughs> moving forward with Buffalo Fashion Runway. I mean, how about for you, for you, Kane, when you heard uh, Chad's story? I mean, I mean, what did that mean to you? I mean, I think it was it was an example of of something that you hear about from a third person perspective often as as someone that pays attention to the news or the current paradigm in, in culture and in, in the country. Um, and meeting Chad and in hearing the story and then now, you know, growing through business with him, it's become so obvious as to, you know, why he was able to 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 stay as, as stout as he was during that time. I mean, it's it's like his demeanor and his, his spirit and his, his drive is something that's unmatchable. And so it it's something that, to me, I mean, to think that it, it's something that I, ha- I have to put myself in somebody else's shoes to really try and consider. And so having having someone that I'm as close to as Chad now, it, it's, a, it's an opportunity to really to see the light of the, ju- the justice system that I didn't prior, I didn't have. Right. Um, so I, I know growing up in the South Towns, I've been incubated to a certain degree and, and anything that I've learned has had to be through through self-teaching or, or to, to achieve those those perspectives or to gain those perspectives. And so to hear this story and to know um, that someone was put through this experience while also balancing college and a job um, and also what it means to just be a, uh, an a young adult, you know what I mean, trying to figure out your life, and to see how he came out on on the other side, it's it's one of the most inspiring things I, I can honestly hold close to my heart, and, and I'm blessed to be working with with someone as as dedicated and as as resilient. You know, it's it's it makes it makes me um, yeah. Honestly, it's hard to really put sure. it to words. No, I appreciate completely. you. I appreciate you sharing though, for sure. Our our guest, uh, we have uh, Chad Williams with us, and also Kane McDermott. We're here talking about Buffalo Fashion Runway. Their next event is called Black Carpet. It's coming up on February twenty fourth at Northland Training Center. Um, you guys mentioned what to say. Nine designers are involved in this event. Nine different designers, um, not including Buffalo Fashion House, which is a conglomerate of creatives um buffalo fashion house uh is can go, sorry <laughs> new sons due process saint dular and will be the last collection in the blessed runway throughout the night so 12 in total 12 in total mm-hmm. so the way buffalo fashion runway started as this this group um to throw an event we've sort of transitioned into a into a, a production um structure for a company and separate from a, an event company and so um, Buffalo Fashion Runway is predominantly focused on um, showcasing artists around Buffalo, no out-of-pocket cost, on a on a level that um, is maybe higher than you would expect. You know, um, paying a lot of attention to the detail. Whereas um, through this, you know, procurement of these artists, these these designers, and the attendees, and just you know, putting our finger on the pulse in in the creative scene in Buffalo, we've realized there's a massive gap between. The desire to make clothing, the desire to make pieces, and the know-how. And so that's where Buffalo Fashion House has has come to fruition, where we want to focus on bringing creatives into our studio and teaching them the methods on on how to actually create the garments they want, as opposed to um, them having to work with manufacturers that are on the opposite side of the globe most of the time, and that you'll have to, you know, wake up in the middle of the night to discuss with. You go back and forth on sampling and, and merchandising, and so... 
Buffalo Fashion House right now consists of, um, as Chad mentioned, it's a conglomerate, which we hope to have be an umbrella over other brands in, in the city of Buffalo to sort of act as a support structure. So right now it's, it's due process, Chad's um, brand, New Sun's studio, my brand, and then our third partner, Rodney Sedular. And so for our first show, Chad and I did a collaborative collection um, as New Sun slash due process as well as the six other designers in the show. This upcoming show, we have nine independent designers and then three as a, as a collaborative collection, if that makes sense, to yeah. showcase. Sure. Yeah, no, that was a great way of explaining it. I couldn't have done it better myself. Um, but yeah, so like to add to the point, so Buffalo Fashion House, I started my clothing brand in 2019, and um, everything that I learned was from YouTube, like YouTube University, um, and like I would, draw out my logo, I would send it to graphic designers, get it graphically done, and then I would hope for the best. I would send it to a manufacturer, more than likely overseas. I started off uh, local in Buffalo, but then it was uh, more efficient to do it overseas to get a higher co- cost, higher quantity at a lower price. There's many different facets with getting things overseas, right? Like sometimes it could not come in the right size, sometimes the quality is not what you thought it would be. But since I linked up with Kane and the team, I now know how to screen print. I'm learning how to sell. I'm able to do all of these things. So it's taking a lot of that apprehension and and difficulties of working with overseas. You can do it right here. You can do it right here in Buffalo at home. So, like, we are like the, I guess, we're like the sample thing. So you come to us, and you can figure out the exact dimensions of the shirt that you want. And we're able to create that, provide you with the tech pack of sorts, right? And then you're able to go and mass produce it overseas if you want but you'll have like the right dimensions but you're able to get that stuff here right here at home and you don't have to go through the struggles of maybe getting a wrong size of shirts or hoodies or something like that and to um, it seems to stand to reason but i'll just ask it anyway this is helping then creatives to find that because again i mean um, not to go back to your ordeal with the legal system and make any kind of comparison mm-hmm. but when there are those hills and those mountains, it's easy to just, no, nah, I'm not, not going to do this. I'm going to go do my nine to five. I'm, mm-hmm. gonna, you know, I'm, I'm going to walk away from this. But are you seeing that, that there is that, that kind of, you know, that, that not only the opportunity now that you offer for people, but there, there's just a natural flow of, of people finding their way to what you guys do? Yeah. I, one thing that I love to say is that I don't want people wearing my clothes. I want them wearing their own clothes. And so I think it's kind of like a Trojan horse where mm. we're, we're, we're creating these brands and these, these collections and these pieces to showcase what we're able to do. But ultimately, we want people to come to the door and want to create their own. And, and, and we want to pass down the knowledge and create a community of, of autonomy and sustainability within Buffalo um, so that it can become something truly novel, um, a space that doesn't exist yet, um, or certainly not here. Um, and I'm not familiar with many around the country where, you know, you, you teach your, your local talent how to start to finish, create the products they want to exist. Right. And, and a lot of people that we've met um, have seen that hill of, of um, dealing with manufacturers that it's just emailing, right? I think it's really hard in this day and age to really talk about something you care about or that you're passionate about over email. It's hard to either express the emotion, express exactly what you want with the vision. And so what we're able to do is just sit down with someone and we, we've tuned our ears to listen to what they want. What and are you so, listening for? What do you hear? 
What are those cues? It sounds like there are cues that you find. Yeah. Um, well, sometimes it starts with how they like to express themselves. Is okay. there like a certain type of pant or a certain type of jacket that they have one of that they've been able to obtain maybe through thrifting or through, you know, they've they just found this piece on a random trip at some point and now it's their favorite piece and they won't trade it for the world because of the way it fits and they want to recreate something like that. But to to start with a with an actual um, garment and reverse engineer that into a tech pack or into a pattern is is difficult. And so unless you're sending that garment to the manufacturer, which I've never heard of anyone that will do that for you, here, take this jacket that I got from <laughs> Levi's, can you recreate it for me? They're not gonna do that, right. we, will, we can do that. And so I'll take, um, we can take the overall silhouette or the size or the fit of the jacket and sort of recreate it and then allow the the artist you know the creative to to give their input at different stages in the process um to then make it their own because nothing's ever nothing that you get that was created outside of your brain is truly genuine to your own and so when you get to sort of put your own color onto a project it it people tend to be much more attached to them and so as an example we we were just at south park high school last week and mm. we taught a, um, a workshop on sewing and screen printing um, to their junior and senior fashion design students. What was the response like? It was incredible. They, they, I think sometimes in school there's not a lot of excitement through, uh, or students aren't, aren't um, how would you say it? Engaged. Thank you. That's the exact. They're not engaged in the way that you would hope. And I think um, going through engineering school, I've learned that getting your hands dirty and your hands involved in a project really, really um, creates a, lights a little bit more passion. And so when we showed up, there really wasn't much of a of an outline that we came prepared with. It was more so, hey, what do you guys want to make? <laughs> okay. Like we have this idea. We have these two jerseys that um, we have patterns for and that we can replicate very quickly. But when we walked into the room, that was the only guide that we gave them, despite the know-how that we brought with our minds. And so as, as a desire popped up as a certain, say, a symbol, a student wanted to put a certain symbol on the piece or a certain number, we would walk them through that process of how to, actu to actualize it onto the piece. Um, and so that was just kind of like a micro example of, of that process of bringing a creative right. into the studio or into our, into our collective and sort of watching their desire and their behavior to, to figure out what it ex exactly they want because sometimes they don't always know exactly what they want yeah, I mean, I you got to tell them that right you know? right hey, chad what's it like bringing all these creative people together and when you have that type of energy around you i mean i, I know you're an economics major maybe you always had this leaning toward the the creative but what is it like to to see people who are maybe coming in apprehensive and maybe walking out with a little more ambition and a little more hope that they, they can they can pull this off? Um, truly, it's unbelievable um, because I'm 25 years old and I'm kind of, uh, like I say to myself, right? So, like, I, I've known Kane for, like, I think it's almost two years now, but <clears throat> other people on the team I've met and i haven't known <clears throat> excuse me for a year now right so like rodney and iman i haven't known them for a year as of yet but now since we've come together as this conglomerate of like different creatives i've probably talked to these guys every day for the <laughs> past seven months and i never thought i would have met someone that i continuously talk to for that long 
at this age of my life. So the fact that we were all able to come together and um, believe in this vision and work on this vision and work towards making it bigger every day, it was just crazy. Cause like, you it doesn't isn't it's not normal. That doesn't usually happen, yeah. right? Yeah, it doesn't usually happen. And like, for other people to see us and see what we're doing and have like belief, it's amazing. Cause like, I don't know if Kane wants to talk about it, but like Kane, he was. I don't know. Am I able to say this? Uh, yeah, I mean. I so Kane, he was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kane was ready to pack Can't it up. What you don't know. Yeah, oh, he's yeah, he's yeah. ready to pack it up and go to New York City, right? Yeah. So then this conglomerate, when we started getting together and we started cooking up together, he was like, "No, I'm not going anywhere. Buffalo is home." Mm -hmm. And like we see in the future in Buffalo now to to do something, right? Because like we amassed around like two thousand, almost three thousand followers now on Instagram. And I think we had the page for about like six months now, and it's it's continuously growing. And like people are seeing what we're doing, and I think they resonate it resonate with it so much is because like they see that we're young kids, and um, we're doing something good for the community. That also brings me to another question regarding uh, the event that's coming up on the twenty fourth, Buffalo Fashion Runway Black Carpet, and you know I, I want at the outset I said it's a celebration of art. Fashion and community coinciding with Black History Month. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about that element of it, the Black History Month element mm -hmm. of it. It's in Black History Month, but I would think that there's a more of a connection than just simply the fact that it's taking place in February. Yeah, no, definitely. So I like to say it's a celebration of diversity through the arts, right? So each designer they will be curating their collection geared towards Black History, right? Black History and fashion. So like the Harlem Renaissance times to streetwear to hip hop. They'll each be creating minimum one to two pieces that are geared towards that theme. And then also we'll be be celebrating um, some black buffalo icons is what we like to call it. Like basically like black figures that are doing great things in the community. Okay. So the likes of like Kendra Brim, um, Mercedes Wilson, they're both doing great things in their work. And then also in the community of Buffalo. So we'll be ce celebrating them as well, calling them the black buffalo icons. So for the last walk of the night, Instead of traditional models, Buffalo Fashion House will be sending out these black buffalo icons to, to walk instead. Oh, really? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that adds a little twist to things, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, anybody could do it, right? Like back, back, <laughs> well, in, back, back in the day, I right? I think like, of one person who can't, but that's another story. <laughs> you got this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got this. I appreciate your confidence, but I don't have that perseverance that you have. <laughs> no, no. Anybody, anybody could do it, right? You know. But, um, yeah, we'll be celebrating and honoring them for like their achievements that they well, have done Tell, tell me more about them. Uh, tell me more about their achievements, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, definitely. So Kendra Brim, she does like a lot of advocacy work, right? She currently has her own DEI consulting company. And then she was also the former president of the Buffalo Urban League of Young Professionals. We have the likes of Valentino Dixon, um, another wrongfully arrested mm -hmm. individual for, I believe it was 27 years. And he does like amazing work in the community. Um, we got OJ, he's an icon. He does a lot of great things with um, the music, with Benny the Butcher, with uh, Who Was Conway, West Side Gun, um, Blank and Jillian Hainsworth. How can I forget Jillian Hainsworth? Yeah. Um, she's she's amazing. I know Jillian for about like four or five years now, I think it is. And um, ever since I met her, she's just been a beacon of light, and she definitely reps Buffalo everywhere she goes, and she goes to a lot of places. Um globally as well so she's repping buffalo so she's doing a lot of good things um mercedes wilson she's an icon icon living i like to call it she's just like a superstar from being on the tv to having her own food company as a black woman she's doing amazing things um yeah 
Nice. Um, Kane, I saw you nodding your head there as your as as, um, as Chad was was talking. What about the Buffalo connection of all of these fashion pieces? These fashion people people are are looking to produce their own kind of fashion. Are we seeing things that are uniquely Buffalo? That's a that's a good question. I think. It, the answer has to be yes, just okay. because. Well, maybe um, not that easy to identify. Yeah, it's it's. I, I mean, fashion is always influenced by your environment, mm. and so Buffalo is a very cold place. Um, so generally, what people want to do is is create pieces that are layered or can be layered. For example, um, outerwear is huge. Um, you know, uh, having having specific prints um, that reference, say. I mean, different cultural relevant pieces um, like the Bills or um, obviously the sports teams are one thing, but then also just the rich history of, of Buffalo in general, right? Um, I mean, go back to 1901 and the Pan American Exposition. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the spotlight has been on Buffalo in the past, and I think, I think um, people through their art want to bring that back. And so I think a lot of the pieces – that I've run into over the past six months um, that people want to make are statement pieces. They don't want to fit in anymore. Hmm. They don't want to be overlooked. And I think that kind of goes back to my initial point of Buffalo sort of being the little brother in, in New York. Um, a lot of the people, personalities that I meet want um, garment that reflect that. And so Jonathan West, for example, who is um, one of the first people we've contracted through Buffalo Fashion House to create a piece. Um, he wants he wanted a cape, and so that to me is in, is exactly what I want to create because the way I the way I approach fashion is almost like character building and like world building. So I'm a big Star Wars and sci-fi fan. Um, so I want all my pieces to be able to fall into those realities to a certain degree. Or, or you know you could you could see it in the background of a movie and it would fit in right and so when we were um, talking with Jonathan it was very obvious that he had a similar approach where he felt as though nothing on the market was genuinely him and and I think it's hard to say how that relates exactly back to Buffalo right because you are born in Buffalo I think that that it's you can't separate them you know it's it's um, it may not be obvious but they're they're um, they're they're innately linked and so creating an outer piece or an outerwear piece that is a cape that you can wear inside and then attach an outer wear piece to that is, is what we arrived on. Um, and so just, just as an example um, where, you know, someone's, someone's personality is able to be woven into a piece that has to also exist within Buffalo. And so it's kind of the simultaneous. It needs to reflect the individual on the inside, but it also needs to be able to withstand the outside environment. And so Buffalo is a unique place where we see all four seasons yeah. and your wardrobe generally has to change. And so, you know, through that process, we, we've started to consider how do you make a piece that can last all, all year um, as opposed to just six months, four months, you know, th- two months in the summer. Right. Um, and so it's an interesting design, um, design problem, if you would call it, or a design hurdle right. to, to be able to create pieces that don't just get shoved away um, for half the year. What about, it's interesting because Kane's story, we have a guy who's 
almost ready to leave Buffalo to go to New York <laughs> City. Yeah. And then we've got Chad's story, a, a kid that grew up in Flatbush who came to Buffalo and has stayed in Buffalo. What's uh, what the, what's been the attraction for you here in, in Buffalo, Chad? I know you did go back, uh, I guess, for a brief time to New York after you graduated, but mm-hmm. you, but here you are in Buffalo, and it looks like you're you're vested in investing in Buffalo as well. Yeah, definitely. So I'll take it back to like the origin story. So um, <clears throat> in 2016, when I graduated from high school, um, before I graduated, uh, I was a wrestler. Uh, I went to go to school and I wanted to wrestle in college, but I got se- I got injured my senior year and um, that was off the table. I then applied to the great Albany, University of Albany. Mm-hmm. That was the only school that I applied to. Um, I got accepted into the EOP program, but they needed a bunch of documentation that my mom didn't have at the time. So I was, by the time she got it, their um, application process was closed. And then again, by the grace of God, I seen, uh, I think it was like an advertisement. I forget where it was. I don't know if it was on Facebook or if it was on TV, but the great Buffalo State College was doing overnight admissions or next day admissions, something like that. And um, I applied, I got accepted the next day. And um, that's where my journey in Buffalo started. Um, I got to Buffalo, um, again, from 2016 to 2020. What, what did you know about Buffalo before you came here? Wings. <laughs> that was it, Wings. And, and funny enough, I thought Buffalo and Niagara Falls was one thing. I didn't know it was two different things. I knew it was Wings. Wings and snow, and then, um, yeah, and Toronto was, like, close to it. I, right. I didn't, okay. I, I didn't okay. know much, I didn't, right. if I'm being honest, right? Sure, no. Yeah. And then also from, like, 2016 to 2020, my tenure at Buffalo State College, I still didn't know much because I was surrounded by people like me, people from New York City, and um, the things that we do, right? I didn't really explore Buffalo. But after I graduated in 2020, um, well, I guess during my senior year, um, I competed in this business plan competition. Oh, right, yeah. Um, I competed in this business plan competition for my company, Due Process. Um, I ended up winning the competition, and there was a networking part of the competition, and I was able to meet the CEO of a not-for-profit venture capital company, um, and she offered me the job. Um, my lease was ending, so I was working virtual because it was throughout COVID, so yep. I was working virtual. So I moved uh, back to the city for those two months, found a place within those two months, and then I moved right back up to Buffalo. And then I guess what kept me was um, the job, obviously. And then also, um, I joined the Urban League of Young Professionals, the Buffalo Urban League of Young Professionals, to meet other people similar to myself and just be in a great network of people. And um, the startup community as well, because Launch New York was definitely in the startup world. So I had both of those communities. I had the startup community and I had the Urban League of Young Professionals. And through both of those, I was able to network and meet dope people and then also learn about Buffalo, explore Buffalo. That's when I learned about all the East Side, about the difficulties that the East Side faced. And um, I, I guess I was uh, honed in. I was uh, <laughs> I was Buffalo, <laughs> you nice. know? So, like, uh, definitely the Caribbean stu- food still needs help because I'm of uh, Caribbean descent. <laughs> but um, it, we're working on, like, Chef Darian Bryan. He's doing his thing. And then uh, shout out to Mercedes Wilson and her cooking show. Um, but, yeah, Buffalo kept me because, like, the people – the people are great. The city of good neighbors, as you guys like to say, right? And then also, like, it's zero degrees of separation. If I wanted to have a conversation with the mayor, I know someone who knows someone who knows the mayor, right? And you can't do that in Brooklyn, right? It's just so, <laughs> it's right. so, I guess, uh, cornered off. Like, you can't really meet people like that. And I feel like Buffalo has the opening for that, right? Um, and then also, like, with my story, everything that has happened to me has happened in Buffalo. My whole adult life has been in Buffalo. Like, I go back to the city pretty often. But I know Buffalo. Like, if somebody wants to know, like, where to go out, like, in restaurants and stuff like that, I could tell them where it's in the city, but I can't really tell them like that. But they come to Buffalo, 
I could let them know <laughs> where to go, what to do, and stuff like that, you know. So I feel like Buffalo is definitely my second home. Still love the Giants, but go Bills as well, um, <laughs> you know. But um, and then also with uh, last year and then this year, just meeting my brothers with Buffalo Fashion Runway. I feel like we're doing something amazing for the community, and we're doing it at a fast pace, right? We're getting the backing of prominent organizations such as the Buffalo Bills, such as the AKG, such as Virtual Penny, and so much more, right? So just definitely just honing in on our successes and just growing it to be a immeasurable thing that we always just focus on community and giving back. Stay with us. There's more to come. This is What's Next on WBFO. You're listening to What's Next, our place to discuss the important issues of our communities of Western New York and Southern Ontario. We want to hear from you. Click on the Talk to Us option in the WBFO app, and we will work to get your questions or comments on the air. Do you have a story or concern that we should be addressing? Email us using what's next at WBFO.org. Together, we'll have the conversations that are needed. This is WBFO, your NPR station. We're talking with uh, Kane McDermott and uh, Chad Williams today. Uh, their event coming up, Buffalo Fashion Runway, Black Carpet on the 24th at Northland Training Center. You know, we really haven't laid out the event, what to expect and things along those lines. Let's get into that, that a little bit. What to expect I mean, you had you had the one event in, in September, but you said this one's going to be a little bit different. Yeah, this one's a little more tailored, I guess you could say. We, we oh, kinda, a nice little we choice. Time is time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, um, pun intended. Uh, we, <laughs> you know, our first show was, was five guys getting together that have never thrown an event before, and, and we threw in a great event. Um, and But I, the detail that was, a pay, that was paid attention to it that point is different than the details okay. we're paying attention to now. And, um, you know, we're utilizing a space, Northland Workforce Training Center um, on, on Northland, mm-hmm. um, just off of Jefferson on the east side. It's a renovated, I believe, steel mill. Um, and so Buffalo has had this massive manufacturing industry um, at the turn of the 18th, 19th, or 19th century. Uh, or 20th century, 20th century. I'm sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me go into there, trying um, to get my fingers out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, so I think it's it's um, a cool aspect of, of what we're trying to do is utilize that forgotten about aspect of Buffalo. And so this, this facility specifically um, sort of um, ties into that theme. Um, but on top of that, so we're taking this, you know, robust industrial space and creating a black carpet experience on top of it. And so it's, it's kind of aligned with our, our um, mission of, of connecting to two sort of diasporic ideas or concepts, right? Two things that might not be seen as the same. We're trying to combine them in the same room, such as, you know, the creative industry and the startup industry. Those two are innately connected. Um, and I think the rich Buffalo, rich Buffalo history and the rich future are also um, deeply connected. And so we're trying to find that connection. But if you want to talk about the, the, yeah. the event, yeah. Definitely. So uh, I'd like to add to Kane's earlier point too. Like with the first event, we had no proof of concept, um, right? Like I, I haven't. I've been to one fashion show before that, but I didn't really know much about right. fashion shows and stuff like that. I just always knew I wanted to draw one. I wanted to do process in it, right? So the fact that we were able to come together and create a great time for people, uh, I guess honing in on uh, building or creating the bridge between the startup community and um, the fashion slash creative community. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing. 
and we had two months to throw that event. So now that we have six months to create this event, we have time this time, right? And we have the proof of concept. We did the first one, so now we have the second one, and we have the <clears throat> we have the backing of the community. Excuse me. <clears throat> so we recently had a casting call. Uh, I believe it was two weeks ago, and we had around like 103 models come throughout the casting call, right? And wow. That was beautiful. It went off without a hiccup, and we had so much creatives in the building that day just coming to, I guess, strut their walk, right? So with this next event, with featuring nine different local Buffalo designers and over 50 models, we want the people to expect everything. I don't want them to think that anything will be left under the table, right? So, like, along with the designers and the models doing their thing on the runway, also blessing their runway, we'll have, like, music performances. We'll have the amazing chords. We'll have poetry with Ido and Leah, the teacher. And then also we have a special, um, special, special announcement for you guys for the halftime show of the show. We have a uh, Vogue Buffalo coming and coming to bless the runway with their presence to do their thing. Um, who else? Who am I, who am I missing? No, I think that, that. Oh yeah, actually you evolution, underrated evolution. They're like mm. a Afro-Caribbean music group of brothers just doing amazing things and they'll definitely bring the crowd to their feet. Okay. Right. And then also, um, like I said earlier, the Buffalo icons. And then also we'll be featuring again in this show our in our famous uh, Buffalo 10 jerseys. And this was basically a jersey that Kane referred to earlier. It's created through New Sons and Due Process. It was a jersey created to commemorate the lives of the 10 people lost on the 14th at Tops. Um, basically, on the front, it hones the Superman symbol with the B in it for Buffalo. It's a symbolization for hope. And then on the back of the jersey is... Uh, the Buffalo 10 and basically we wanted to show them in the light of being like super being super beings and not martyrs and then also who I didn't mention earlier but Mark Telly and then also Zanetta Everhart um Mark Telly has lost his mom and he lost his shooting. mom in the shooting Zanetta Everhart her son Zaire was shot mm -hmm. gratefully uh, not killed um he's still here with us today and they're doing their amazing things with Zaire and Zanetta's book club There'll also be some of the icons featured in the show, and they'll be wearing these jerseys to celebrate the lives of those 10 people lost in that shooting. And I just want to encourage our, our listeners uh, to check out on Instagram. You can see some of the um, – see those Buffalo 10 jerseys. They're, they really are uh, quite remarkable. Did you, get, you guys created that between the two of you? or Yes, yeah. between both of us. It, um, the story of those are pretty great. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Chad reached out with the with the concept, and I happened to be looking at a TV with the concept, not the concept, but a rough idea of what he was texting me. I was watching a show at the time that had a starting point directly in front of me. Like as I was looking at my phone, I said, "Oh wow, this is beautiful." So then I go to bed that night. I walk my dog the next morning. And what do I find on the walk other than a massive roll of fabric, the exact color, thickness, That's, and just an abundance of it on the side of the road in the garbage, completely wrapped in plastic. So it had, it had been untouched, and it still sits in my studio to this day um, because we, we have been very um, stingy, sparse, sparse <laughs> using it because of how meaningful it really is right. um, in the way that it came to us. And um, it, it, it sort of... It, it's like a, a a pinnacle of everything we're we're trying to do i think in in terms of collaboration in terms of community in terms of sustainability i think those jerseys really kind of culminate all of that energy into a, a piece um of hope and and of, of a, a symbol of of what we're trying to do um and and just to kind of go back to to what to expect at the at the show itself like 
as Chad said, we had the proof of concept with the last show. If you see that as like the fence in which we are operating within, we're sure of how to how to throw a good show. Hmm. Um, and with this additional time, we've started to fill in the space in that fence. So having more experiences, having more uh, genuine, not more genuine um, performances, but performances that that ta- are tailored directly to the show's theme. So our first show is Beyond the Threads, which is pretty um, evident in the sense of we wanted to showcase things beyond the, the garment. Right. And that's why um, Jillian Hainsworth, our, our poet laureate, um, blessed the stage as well as um, Chad mentioned chords and Ido and Basque, Basquet. Um, so it was kind of obvious and people didn't necessarily know what to expect at the time so it was easy to give them something they enjoyed and i think this time around we've really focused on the detail and including artists and designers that really facilitate the message and facilitate the the theme of the night uh, just uh one more question about the the jersey um is that being mass produced is that a, not yet you're going to be stingy with that huh, for a little while yeah so that but you um, have the rights to it you is that all secure that kind of thing correct yeah. so yeah, okay. we we only plan to make 10 total Mm-hmm. Um, of that rendition right now okay. to exist. Um, and so as they stand with this current uh, fabric, there will only ever be time right. to okay. exist out of out of um, respect and out of um, um, recognition and honor. And, and, you know, we want we didn't want to just make something that could represent lives lost and, and benefit off of it. it. The way that it came to us was was almost God sent in terms of the fabric, in terms of the inspirations, in terms of just the way it actualized themselves that we really want to treat them with the, with the respect it deserves. And so we have learned a lot about Jersey making through this process. So when we worked with the students at South Park, they created jerseys that were similar, but they weren't the jerseys themselves. They didn't have the same symbols. They didn't have the same material. They didn't have the same exact build. So we can use it as a thought starter more than anything. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It it can sort of be like, um, uh, like a silhouette that is recognized as Buffalo fashion runway or Buffalo fashion house. Since we came up with the, the overall pattern of the Jersey ourselves that was done in house. Um, and the manufacturing process is really easy to teach kids how to make garment on. So it's sort of, it, it's a perfect opportunity to to um, further to to further the message without diluting it, if that makes sense. Being able to go around and have um, the workshops that we work on make the jerseys, and they know what it's referencing to, but they're not making the jersey themselves. Okay. If that makes sense. That, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, what else, Chad? What else should we expect, or should we not expect? Or what, the expect the unexpected at this event, mm-hmm. right? What? What do you have for us? Definitely um, the black carpet experience. You want to tailor it so everybody feels like it's it's a night out, right? Like they want to enjoy themselves. We'll have a black carpet for all guests to walk through, take pictures on, get interviewed on. Um, We'll have the wonderful ambiance of an unknown to me yet caterer. Um, But the food would be great. Trust and believe. We'll also have wine. Um, We'll have great networking opportunities for you to meet different people. Again, shout out to all of our sponsors and thank them. Thank you for sponsoring the event. Um, we'll have a one-of-one customized tote bag from Idris itself, um, honing a solidarity fist. <sighs> Expect everything. <laughs> Expect everything. Constant music vendors. We have like an exposition area where we'll have different people tabling and, and, and representing their brands. 
um, some different photo opportunities. We have a VIP experience that we're that we're advertising and selling, which will be more of the networking opportunity that okay. Chad mentioned. Um, and then on top of that, for a small run of VIP tickets, we're actually embedding um, technology into the garment that allows you to access the event through the garment. And so this is through another sponsor. Um, access the event through the garment. So it uses this technology called Near Field Communication, NFC tags. Okay. Um, and what that does is just sends out radio frequency or uh, radio signals that is detectable within three feet. And so what you do is we, we, we embed these chips under, say, you know, on your cuff, okay. for example, or under the brim of a hat. And so when our ticketers... Um, see an individual with that given VIP ticket on, they'll approach them, they will scan their piece, and then they'll be admitted into the event. And so we're, we're going to be the first fashion show that does, that allows the, the guests to wear, the, wear their ticket to the event, which is another example of that merge between you know, tech, sure. startup, and, and, and the creative scene. And uh, it's a black carpet event, so does this mean uh, we're all you know, black tie, or what do we, what do we got? I mean, it's, no, not know, at all. As you so can see, I'm not exactly <laughs> dressed for the event. You can wear that to the event, and <laughs> you'll be perfectly <laughs> fine. And that's okay. an amazing outfit. You look warm, you look cozy. So, like, I definitely layer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, all year long. Yeah. Back to your original point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. The theme black carpet, I guess, in it really referred to it being like a black tie event, just referred to like Black History Month yeah. and just us wanting to have a black carpet, right? So um, since it is a fashion show, we definitely encourage people to wear what they feel they should wear. Mm-hmm. We don't want to restrict anybody to wearing a black tie, right? Yep. So definitely wear what you wear. Um, you could come in your pajamas if you wanted, and that would be fine, <laughs> to be honest, right? We just encourage people to be themselves. You said, what, 300 were at the event in, in the fall? Correct. Um, yeah, I would say. What kind of expectation could you have for this? I mean, yeah. well, what, what kind of capacity is the Northland? I know it's a massive complex, mm-hmm. but yet I can't imagine you're you're sprawled all over the the, the complex. No, yeah. So they gracefully gave us the use of the gallery space. That's okay. like where the runway will be housed, and then we also have access to the community room, another huge room as well. So we're looking at around definitely 350 plus people inside of the Northland Workforce Center, center on February 24th from nine, 5 to 9 p.m. Buffalo Fashion Runway, uh, black carpet at Northland Training Center. Uh, Chad Williams and Kane McDermott, appreciate uh, you sharing with us. I, I guess one other story we got to tell people is the way you guys met. <laughs> this is I like can't tell it. <laughs> if, if anyone's familiar with uh, jujitsu or just martial arts in general uh chad and i met for the first time at, our, at an open mat event at western new york mma where all we knew was each other's name we slapped hands bumped fists and then we sparred for five minutes <laughs> and let me tell you within five seconds i was about four feet off the ground <laughs> and a second later i was on the ground and uh honestly it's 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 the best story of of a true brotherhood start you know i, I can't i can't I couldn't have asked for a better start or the way to be introduced to someone. Like, it's, it's just a tearing down of boundaries <laughs> in a moment. 
and and here we are because of I that. I know, and it's so, a beautiful thing, man. I love yeah. you, bro. <laughs> yeah, I love you too, man. It's incredible. This is. Well, I, I I was encouraged by your story of uh, of getting together with like-minded people, but I, I might pass on the opportunity yeah. to get sparred with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a wrestler. Again, yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, Chad Williams and. Uh, Kane McDermott, thanks very much for joining us on What's Next. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Uh, this has been What's Next on WBFO and WBFO HD1 Buffalo, WOL at Olean, WUBJ Jamestown, your NPR station.